of the Sunday Forum right here on WMNF 88.5 FM. Oh, yeah. And this is your host, Walter L. Smith II, the voice of the Tampa Bay area, along with the members of the Fourth Estate crew. We have your Mika in the house. What's up, Mika? Good morning. All right. We got Laura. What's up? Good morning. All right. All right. All right. Loving the cold. Are you? I am. I, I saw I had ice. Yep. So did I. <laughs> Me too. I got in the car and I was like, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. It's not wiping away. It was fun. <laughs> I, I turned, first I turned on the the, um, the air, the cold air, and then I said, okay, it's too cold. So then I turned on the heat. <laughs> then it started getting hot. So I turned it off. But I love this weather. Love it. Love it. Love it. I'm glad you like it. <laughs> you know, hey, hey, hey. If if I had a fireplace, I would I would do that and make some s'mores and uh, watch. It's a wonderful life. But is is that what this is really about? What oh, s'mores? Okay. No, I, <laughs> no. I just like cold. I you know I wish it would uh, it would snow here because then I would go outside and make snowballs and uh, just walk around <laughs> and and play around in it. It might take my dog out there. It'd be fun. There we go. Man, let me tell you, I, hey, listen, first of all, let me just say, I, I would, I have 
I, I'm not a fan of the cold at all. I'm just not a fan at all. Yeah, a lot of people aren't. <laughs> you know, I, I'll go visit mm-hmm. some cold weather. Yeah. That's but about you, it. But you don't want to live in it. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So if, you, so if you went to New York, like if you lived in New York, you know the kind of cold they get. They get sometimes negative up there. Snow, sleet, ice. Snow rising high up to the buildings. You, I guess you would move, right? You wouldn't want to. You wouldn't want to live in that. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely. Not. I would. I would enjoy it. It's just like every morning you gotta like warm yourself up like a car. You know, stretch your hands, right. like stretch your knees. Get your bones going. I'm not. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. <laughs> uh. Uh-uh. And nearly fifty years old. I am not about to sit here and tell you. That I, I'm in love with some cold. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, you know, it, it's uh, just not for me. It's not for me. And I and I feel. And I'm going to tell you something. I I feel, and I think that's part of the reason why I feel so badly mm-hmm. that we aren't doing enough for the homeless. Yeah. That that is, you know, uh-uh. no, 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 no. I have a real problem with that. I have a serious problem with that. And we just need to do more and invest as a city and a county. We need to invest more in that and get a move on. Let's, let's, let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, 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 there are actually materials out right now in the city that's just sitting there. Nothing's been done with it yet. Just sitting there to address the issue of Homelessness. Homelessness. Yeah. And I and I'm sitting there wondering what, what's the hold up? You what's know, the hold up? When there was that cold advisory here on like Christmas time, mm-hmm. um, and they had a, a stay in shelter kind of place that the city set up, and it was at a uh, um, a church, and they put some mats on the floor, and had children <laughs> on Christmas Eve sleep on mats. Yeah, they had a lot of homeless shelters during the <clears throat> during the time of the churches, right? There like, was not cots, not little rooms, mats. Oh like, no, 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 no. Yo, know, what it is, and I hate to say this, but pe- there's people don't care about the homeless. Unfortunately, that's that's the sad part. Because um, if it's not them, they don't care. They just to them, it's just okay. This is it is what it is, which is sad, but again, true. That is sad. It's very, mm-hmm. it's a very sad commentary about where we are right now. Yeah. Uh, as the Bible says, the poor will always be will always be amongst us. Mm-hmm. And we are perhaps the most we, we're the perhaps the wealthiest country. Well, one of the wealthiest countries on earth. Yeah. We are one of the most wasteful countries on earth, if not the most wasteful country on earth. Mm. And we have people out there right now who are suffering because of our wasteful nature, or, or, or better yet, because of our, our wasteful actions. I cannot comprehend how it is that we have not already begun to invest in resolving this issue of homelessness and people that are on the street there 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 are mental health excuse me <coughs> excuse me there are mental health issues that that go along with this yeah. there are medical issues that go along with this there are all these different issues that go along with it however we have not done enough to focus on this, right? Yeah. In, instead, what our central, what our central government are, are, has done, is put it on nonprofit organizations to address. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to cut it. That, yeah, that's that certainly is not going to cut it. It's not enough, mm-hmm. and they have the ability to make, and and, and they put up roadblocks. They put up roadblocks, and so 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 they can't be resolved, and that is a problem for me. That's a serious problem for me, 
when I, I told this story some time ago when I went to the street one time and uh, we, we were, some friends and I got together and, and, and collected blankets and coats and things like that for the people who were homeless. Mm-hmm. And we made sure that everybody cleaned. We made sure everything was clean or whatever, you know, in terms of blankets, coats, things like that. Mm-hmm. And then we delivered them to the folks on the street. So as we're out there talking with some of the folks that were out there, we had one guy that was there, and, and, and he was like, we were in the middle of the conversation, and somehow we got into the discussion about assumptions that people make about homeless people, mm-hmm. right? And one of the assumptions is that when they ask for money, when somebody asks for money and they they get alcohol, yeah, right? They go get the alcohol. Or drugs. Or beer or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But in this particular case, it's alcohol. Now, drugs probably has a, a well, drugs probably has a, a whole nother reason for this, right? Mm-hmm. But in this particular case, I found it very interesting. His response to me was this. He said, the reason that I get that, that I, I get alcohol is so that I can be numb to the cold and to the hard concrete. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Have you ever, ever so, laid down on, on a hard floor, on a concrete floor before? It's yeah, cold. Brief, briefly, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Mm-hmm. It it can be very cold. Mm-hmm. Right? Even when it's hot, it can be cold. Well, well, no, no, no. Oh, okay. Just saying, at that particular time, it was cold. Okay. And the reason he was doing it was not necessarily because it was cold, but because it was cold and it was hard. The mm-hmm. surface was hard. So what does alcohol do to the body that can make it... The, it the, numbs your body. It numbs your body. Okay. And so that... I, I didn't... I never thought of that. Yeah, me either. That's why, like, during the winter, people were like, oh, just take a shot. Warm me up real quick. Yeah. And and, and they were... And what was happening was you have, you have a choice. You can, you can lay down on the grass, but nobody's going to lay down on the grass. And the reason is because... You got ants and things like that that, mm-hmm. that are there, right? Yeah. But on the concrete, it's not likely that that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. On the concrete, it's hard. It's a it's a uh, um, a surface that doesn't have critters in it, stuff mm-hmm. like that, and they feel better on it. But they have to have the alcohol in order to alleviate the the pain that goes along with laying on a hard, cold surface. Yeah, but then by doing that, they end up getting sores and all kind—I mean, all kinds of stuff. Right? Hey, you know, I I can't. You know, listen. This king. Let me let me just do this real quick because I think this is important because we need to recognize that this is the weekend that we that we recognize the birth of the birthday of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Yes. Now let me let me hold, hold, hold off on hold off on that because I, I don't I want to make sure that people are hearing me right. well on this issue. I am not a <clears throat> I am a I'm not a proponent for me personally. I don't I don't go to um, things that are not worthy of Dr. King of honoring Dr. King, mm-hmm. right? I don't waste. I don't like to waste my time, and and let me let me explain what I mean by that. When I was in college and undergrad at FAMU, we had a professor who actually had taught three generations of my family, taught my father, mm-hmm. taught my my siblings, and taught me and my and my nieces and nephews later on. Um, Dr. Anderson, Dr. Osfield Anderson, God bless him, he's still, he's still alive. Dr. Anderson, and sharp, very sharp. Dr. Anderson, I'll never forget, called us in to class on King Holiday. Not to have class, but specifically to talk to us about what his opinion was of 
having of, of not having class mm-hmm. on the King holiday. He said, do y'all think for one instant that Dr. King would want you to miss class for his birthday? Do, do you think that's, that, 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 that he would want you to do that? And we just sat there and kind of looked at each other. <laughs> we were all 20-something years old, mm-hmm. and we are looking at each other like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. And, and well, the answer to that question he, he gave was no. And I'll never forget it, it, the fact that he said, "If you think that this that that he would want you to do that, then you're foolish." And let me tell you why you're foolish. You see, you're young, inexperienced. You are you are working against what it is that Dr. King was fighting for all that time anyway. So why would you waste that? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So and, and his point was that we have all this work to do. We have all these issues, all these things happening, and you are concerned with being off on his day. He said, now, we're not going to have class because we're not supposed to have class. But I called you in here today to give you perspective. And I'll never forget that we stayed in that classroom for the duration of what would have been our class period. And we discussed the issue. Now, I gotta say that that was a worth that that was worthwhile to me, mm-hmm. right? It was better than going to the parade. It was better than, and although I understand, I understand the parade. I understand. I get it. And to each his own. Um, I understand the parade. I understand the 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 the, the breakfasts. I understand the dinners. I understand all of that. I, I get it. I get it. But there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of work to be done. And we we have a a society where we are wasteful. We have a society where we where human life we say human life is 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 worthy, but we take human life like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not just talking about in the United States, I mean globally. Mm-hmm. We contribute to human suffering in ways that are unimaginable. Well, and let's be honest, I mean Martin Luther, the Martin Luther King Jr. day, a lot of a lot of people don't don't care about that day. That's a day for them to be off work or off school or whatever. Sure it is. You know, they're, they're selfish too because they, they really don't care. Sure. You know, sure. it's just another day to them. So, yeah, you're right when you say we have a lot more work to do. We certainly do. I yeah. mean, within the past week, um, Keenan Anderson was murdered by LAPD. The I believe he was a cousin of the founder of the BLM movement out there. Killed him the same, like almost the same way that they killed George Floyd. It was absolutely disgusting. A 31-year-old black high school teacher murdered by the LAPD after they tased him and repeatedly repeatedly on the street as he begged for his life. Unbelievable. Disgusting. Unbelievable. And, and when you have if people, and, and the same people that do this type of thing are the very same people that when caught, when caught, it's not that they're sorry that they, that they did it, it's they're sorry that they got caught. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now they have to suffer, having to suffer whatever consequence it is, or they don't know what that consequence is going to be. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they don't suffer the consequences. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and majority of the time, they either don't get a sentence, or if they get a sentence, it's it's very light. Right. A lot mm-hmm. of times. Right. So when when we talk about the the concept of Black Lives Matter, yeah. 
you know, <laughs> we're still asking the question, what does a black life, what's a black life worth? Yeah, I mean, everybody right? has their own definition of what Black Lives Matters means. Well, but them. why? Why is that? But 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 why is that even? You, you, you get my point. Mm-hmm. That should not even be a question anymore. Yeah, why should. am I on air, a black man, having to say to somebody, "My life matters." My life matters, matters, right? Right? Mm-hmm. Why am I having to still beg for my life mm-hmm. under these circumstances, or under any circumstance? Why? Do white people, or anybody for that matter, but especially white people, because this is because this is how this is the typical yep. discourse, right? And I said very generically because it's not all white people. Yeah. But why is it that my life is even in question? Why is it that it took how many years? Over about a hundred, yeah, some years mm-hmm. to come up with an anti-lynching law. Why is it that we are today discussing why it's why it's necessary to to have a class to teach the history? Of me, of my people. Why? Why? Why is that? Why is that an issue? Why fight so hard against it? You get what I'm saying? Nobody fought against. Nobody fights against against anybody else's thing yeah. or their history or their cultural uh, lessons and so forth. But when our cultural lesson, the Africans' cultural lesson. Or, or the Pan-African concept of any type is is suggested. Everybody's butt cheeks just all of a sudden become tight, <laughs> and 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 you can cut you can cut the damn tension in the air with a butter knife. I, I fail to see in this day and age why it is that that this is. Such that that my life, that your life, mm-hmm. that our lives, that our black lives still do not matter. Still do not matter. Well, according to DeSantis, he 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 doesn't think it's appropriate for kids to learn stuff that happened a long in his. It, this is what he said a long time ago. We should focus on. Other things, but right. you know he, he's ignorant. Let's let's just be real. He's ignorant. So no, no, no. But 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 watch this now. Watch this. But if I say we want to talk about the military history, watch this. The military history of of the United States of America. I mind you, I'm all for it. My oldest brother is former military. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it. But the second that military history takes a twist and we talk about real issues of what happens inside that military, well, we don't want to talk about that. Yeah, they right? yeah, they'll cut it off. Because military history, they, they rather hear you they rather hear you talk about white accomplishments in military history or the basic black accomplishments. Of military history that have that that honor everything about it. Yeah. So, for instance, I'll give you a perfect example of what I mean. Everybody wants to talk about. It's fine to talk about uh, the Tuskegee Airmen, but nobody wants to talk about how they were treated. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about. How, how black soldiers were massacred and many, many times and thrown into massive pits. The, the bodies thrown into massive pits in order to hide the fact that there was even an incident. That, that's military history. Yeah. 
right? Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to talk about any of that stuff. It will sweep that under the rug. Mm-hmm. So history comes with the accolades, but it also comes with the shame. It comes with it. It comes with also understanding that there is something to be said for the improvement of a particular agency, of a particular organization, of a particular country, of a particular people, and the relationship between people. There is something to be said about the improvement. But you can't have improvement if you don't understand what happened to begin with. That, that that caused you to have a, mm-hmm. a rift, a problem. And the most important part of knowing the actual history and knowing all of the sides is seeing what is left over because there are things that are left over. And once you don't look at how things were formed, who was in charge of them, the policies that were made, you can't see what of it exists today. And where it came from. And the what of it exists today is why we are having these problems because we don't examine them, because we don't take them down, because we let them ride out in our legislation processes for eternity. Because at the end of the day, questioning those legislations and questioning these racist policies bring people's power down. And the people in this question that I'm talking about is like the, the white people who are in power, the people who have millions of dollars. The reason why charities are so popular instead of uh, structures that actually fix the problem because, you know, the idea of charities is, you know, rich people can give their money and then the people who have regular jobs who do regular things can do the volunteering. The people who are dealing with $300 rent increases, the people who are dealing with joblessness. I have a handful of people who cannot find a job who are trying day in and day out, filling in applications, going in in person for any type of job and are just getting denied, denied, denied. And those are the people that are most likely to volunteer, to help out people. And it's just so frustrating to see the problems, to try to create solutions, to try to ask for solutions, but to be denied at every step. To um, And that's not saying that people are being denied at every step or that there aren't accomplishments being made. Tampa getting the chance to vote on the CRB, the Civilian Review Board, is an amazing step. And, you know, we can look to Chicago to see what they're going through. They're going through a mayoral candidate race right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Lori Lightfoot, the current mayor is honestly projected to lose because she's just been terrible and the people are tired of her. And one of the... um, people that the like mass movements up there are really excited for is Brandon Johnson, I believe, and he's fully endorsed by the Chicago Teachers Union. And the Chicago Teachers Union is like one of the most militant unions in the country. They're they I believe they had a strike within the past year and they won their contract. Um and, you know, this person is supported by the Chicago Alliance Against Racism and Political Repression. Um, which was an organization that was founded to get people like Angela Davis out of prison. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the branches that had survived all these years and is now reactive and reinvigorated. And, um, you know, they're working on, let's see, let me look at their statement online. Give me one sec. But they're working on getting like, a, a so much better version of the, the CRB that actually has power past and with a new like mayor they probably can get it like happening so um chicago has a brand new tool for public accountability of the police the first of its kind in this country's history um the elections for police accountability councils in the 22 police districts that exist in chicago um district council members will have certain powers including the selection of members of the citywide commission the commission will have decisive say in making policy for the Chicago Police Department, stop and frisk, racial profiling, no-knock raids, foot chases, gang databases. All of these issues can be dealt with through this new public mechanism. And this is a way for people who are just like regular people to have a say in how their communities are um, policed. It's an incredibly like important movement, especially not just like we are very close to the Black Belt South, but just like in all areas um, where it's really important for 
people who have been disadvantaged for centuries at this point to finally have a true say in their lives, in their kids' lives, in their family lives. Uh, listen, I have, I, you know, I have a real, I just, I just, I don't know, man. We have, as, as, as glad as I am that we have, you know, I always hear people say, you know, we come a long way, we've got a long way to go. It's true. We do. We do. And I, I'm trying not to be pessimistic about about this whole thing. It's hard not to be. But it's hard not to be. When I just came back from St. Croix. Ooh. Okay. To the cold? <laughs> it was not cold at all. Not at all. Not one single solitary bit. And I'm actually looking at um, uh, Dr. Maya Trotz, who is actually watching us right now, from St. Croix. Um, actually, no, she's back. She's back. Uh, and the work that we were doing there was it was a series of, of a bunch of uh, people in, in engineering, environmental engineering, and people who are, uh, you had farmers from Iowa, that were down there. And we we're looking at the issue of the people of St. Croix being more self-sufficient given the circumstances that they're having to live under. Now, let, let, me, let me explain to you what that means. St. Croix is a colony of the United States. St. Croix, St. Thomas, and St. John are all part of the U.S. Virgin Islands. St. Croix uh, has gotten the worst deal of all. I mean, they, they get robbed, completely robbed. I stood there and listened to a lady give me a rundown on what it is that happens, that, that has happened there over years. And she was nearly 60 years old. And she was explaining to me that, listen, you know, we have a problem here. Uh, we're always getting robbed. So what do you mean? She says, well, you know, we had electric buses, right? I said, yeah, sure, you know, that's good. She says, no, it's not. She said, because they showed us the electric buses, and then they took the electric buses and put them on a boat and sent it over to St. Thomas. St. Thomas? What? She says, yeah, St. Thomas gets everything. I said, Are you serious? She says, yeah. She says, St. Thomas gets everything. See, so they took all the electric buses and took them to St. Thomas. They said, you know, the the the, the symbol, you know, St. Croix used to be the, the capital of the Virgin Islands. St. Thomas is, is the capital of the Virgin Islands now. She said, you know why? I said, why? So we used to take a, we used to have a bell here. And that bell was like our independence bell, right? And we would ring it, you know, on New Year's, and we ring it during the independence celebration, stuff like that. And you know they came here and stole the daggum bell. And I said, are you kidding me? She said, yeah. They took the bell, and it's over in St. Thomas right now. And since then, St. Thomas has been the capital of the Virgin Islands this whole time. I said, you got to be kidding me. She said, no. She said, we don't get anything, but, but we work. We work. We work together. We do fishing. We do farming. We do all these things. We're accustomed to that. That's how we make our living. That's how we that's that's how we make our export. That's how we make our money. So St. Thomas has, has become, for me, has become a symbol of real sustainability, real resilience building, real work. Um, as an environmental engineer, I can tell you that we talk about this issue of building resilience. They don't depend on, they know, they know there's corruption. There's a lot of it, a whole bunch of it. But they don't, they don't worry about the corruption piece. What they worry about is how they're going to overcome, literally overcome, what their current situation is. What they worry about is how... Can I not just put food on the table, but how can I put 
food on everybody's table, how can I make sure that we have an economy in spite of how we're treated, in spite of the roadblocks that are put up, and in spite of the corruption that exists in our own local government? And they have their farms, and we were analyzing how they were getting things done and the difficulties that they had to face from big industry that were putting uh, extraordinary amounts of, of, uh, of uh, uh, exposing people to extraordinary amounts of, of chemical effluence. Mm-hmm. In the water, the nitrogen levels were high. Um, and and, and uh, you had uh, issues with regard to, uh, with regard to uh, air, air, uh, air quality. And, and it was, you'd be surprised at some of the things that they were dealing with because they were dealing with the same things we were dealing with here. And when I listened to the stories that were being told, it was incredible. Point being, these people make it in spite of. Mm-hmm. You never hear any... How many times have you heard news from St. Croix? Not often. Uh-uh. You don't hear news from St. Croix. You hear news from Puerto Rico, right? Another territory, another colony the United States. But you don't hear any news from St. Croix or St. Thomas or St. John. And the reason is because I believe that these people are so self-sufficient that they, they don't have time to be to worry about what we think or anything else. What they're concerned about is making certain that they are self-sufficient. That despite however they are treated, they're still able to make it. Right? And I think that that is the African spirit. That's a true African spirit. That is the spirit of people who have been who have been beaten down, downtrodden the whole nine, but still able to be resilient. That is that is who these people are, and I, and it was such an honor to have gone down there and seen what they were doing. Uh, I, I shared many of those things on on my Facebook page. If you go to the Walter Smith the Second Facebook page, you can actually see many of the things that we were doing, the farming that was going on, and and it's massive farming, massive farming, and they have mastered it uh, so well, and and done so well. Uh, very proud to see to have seen what I saw and witnessed it firsthand. And it's the same type of thing that can happen in many of our societies and many of our communities right here on the mainland United States, but it's just not happening at that level. It's just not happening yet. But these folks were fighting and making it, making it happen. Mm-hmm. Imagine you know? what can happen when they stop stealing things from them. Oh, my God. <laughs> Imagine. 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 So... Listen, if you want to call in, you can at 813-531-1845. If you're, having, if you're on the Facebook page and you're having difficulty with the sound, please uh, send a message and let me know because I cannot tell truthfully whether or not uh, I have fixed the sound here on our end for you to hear the show on Facebook. So please send us a message on Facebook and let us know if you can hear the sound uh, of the show. Online. And we do have yeah. a caller on the line. Caller? Yeah. Caller, you're on the Sunday Forum. Hey, good morning, Mr. Miko. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Walter. What's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, and the young, other young lady, I don't know. Laura? Name, but good morning to you, too. Good morning. Yeah, uh, I guess I... Let me just say this. Uh, is it a thing that we could get a fund together and uh, get St. Croix another bell? the <laughs> independence again but I wanted to focus in on uh, what, what, what you were talking about and what the uh, other young lady was talking about um, yeah um, what I kept hearing in my, my soul was um, yeah do black lives matter when you think about a young man just jogging through a neighborhood just jogging because mm-hmm. it's a nice place just to be jogging he, he's uh, tracked down and hunted like an animal and killed Ahmaud Arbery. Uh, do Black Lives Matter when you're uh, somebody who was p- reportedly worked for Prairie View University in Texas? 
I think it was Sandra Bland. Mm-hmm. And we don't really, I don't know to this day, the circumstances that happened where they were saying that she committed suicide in jail. Do Black Lives Matter? Uh, what the young lady just said about the person who was one of the founding people of Black Lives Matter, and he's murdered basically in the same way uh, by the LAPD. Um, you know, with a how did he die? With a knee on his neck too, where he couldn't couldn't breathe. Um, do, do, do do black life? We have to ask that question. Do black lives matter? And then you get all you know all the sidetrack stuff. Do blue lives matter? And do this a lot? Why don't you just deal with that? It seems like the what the young lady just said. The people who have the power and have the money goes back to what I said a couple of years ago about America. It's about race, um, uh, power and authority, and money, you know. Mm -hmm. And on this Martin Luther King, where we're celebrating him, he made a statement where he said, Truth, though crushed to the ground, shall rise again. And that's that's so true. It seems like the people who have the the money and the power and the authority, you know, you're doing wrong, mm-hmm. but you don't want that to be addressed to you. And Walter, I hope I'm not saying anything wrong. This one thing that I had, um, I don't know, a, a lack of understanding with. If we can go to South Africa for a second with Nelson Mandela. Mm-hmm. I think it was called, what, Truth and Reconciliation? Truth and Reconciliation Commission, that's right. Um, they know that they have been treating the, the indigenous population of the people that are wrong, mm-hmm. but when Nelson and the black folk, they gain power, it's like, we're not going to come down on you, we just won't to talk about the truth and we want to move on from here but it seems like the people who have been 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 uh, doing stuff that's wrong they were so afraid that oh oh wow oh snap we're gonna get paid back for all the stuff that 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 we have been doing mm-hmm. you know it starts white folk it starts in your home you need to teach your children the truth Because think about it. Remember when they had that Unite the Right rally in, I think it was Charlotte? Yes, Charlottesville. They were young men, young white men, okay, with some uh, that were old. What, What do they know about the Nazis? What do you know about goose stepping and Zig Heiling and talking about the Jews will not replace us? See, it, it starts in your home. It starts in your home. I mean, I was thinking about that again. Back to last week's show. You were talking about, at the end of it, talking about the police. I don't care what city, major city, a little hamlet that you go into, scrolled on the side of police cars to protect and to serve. I, I'm telling you, most of those guys, you don't understand what it means to be a police. Even though we may know about the historical aspects of it and slave catching and all that kind of stuff like that. You don't understand really what that what that means. You know, and a lot of this comes from oath keepers. It's like you we we going to war in our own country against who? You know, I hope I'm not sounding like I'm all over the place. I don't mean to be. But it starts with people addressing the truth in their own home, you know, and mainly white folk. You know, I mean, come on. I, I really wanted to talk about something else. I wanted to interject something else to you. Uh, maybe I'll do that on another show that, you know, Walter, um, they're starting to lie again, you know, with Social Security and Medicare. Those are not entitlements, even though... Franklin Delano Roosevelt started the program, and Lyndon Johnson started the program, Medicare. And it, you are entitled to enjoy the benefits of that program, 
because you they take taxes out of you to pay for those programs. Okay? And that was started Social Security because the Roosevelt administration saw that people who worked all of their lives and you know, things happen. You get sick or injured or whatever. You can't work no more. So now you're relying upon the, the, the goodness of your family or friends to help take care of you. And they just wanted you to have something, something. You know, if something like that should happen to you, and then the Lyndon Baines administration with Medicare, which really helps pay for our health care, and these guys are just lying out of their butt cheeks. You said it, butt cheeks, so I'm saying. <laughs> you know, really stealing money, stealing something from you that you paid money into. That's right. Think, let me say this, and I'm going to hang up. I'm going to go. I, Walter, <laughs> Amico, and young lady, um, I'm assuming that you have a checking account, a savings account. You may have money market accounts or whatever. Mm. Those are not entitlements to you. You put money into those programs. They belong to you. Okay? Mm -hmm. Come on, folks. Wake (laughs) up. And what, what, what King was saying, you know, we will get to the promised land. I said it again. I'm going to keep on saying it. I'm going to keep on saying it. The analogy of the promised land is not heaven. Israel fought many of her greatest battles in the promised land. People fought and died. You have the right to vote. You call up here talking about, I'm going to die, Walter. I'm going to die for what we want. But you won't use what you just got right there to vote. You don't want to vote. But you're willing to die? I'm going to leave a question mark there. I'm going to hang up. Goodbye, y'all. Hi, Daryl. <laughs> right, right. Sorry, uh, Okay, uh, we have another caller. Caller, you're on the Sunday Forum. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good. Uh, enjoying the program. Thank you. Um, I uh, just have a couple comments. Um, I'm an old white guy. But uh, racism is a worldwide problem, number one. Um, Number two, I'd like to see the rich pay FICA. If working class people can pay FICA, then people who are living off their investment income should pay FICA on their earnings. And the other thing I wanted to say is... There's thousands and thousands of very wealthy black people in this country, and they should focus their time, energy, and money on promoting black businesses, and they should indoctrinate their children that it's important when they become adults to promote black business. And that's the end of my comment. Thank you. Thank you for calling. Okay, uh, next caller, you're on the Sunday Forum. Uh, Good morning. I wanted to just respond to something. I think that linking our individual causes is the most important thing. I know when when, uh, the last uh, previous caller, two callers ago, mentioned apartheid, as an American Indian, we are living in apartheid. Cecil Rhodes set up apartheid in order to exploit and uh, exterminate the races that were inhabiting what they thought they owned. And, you know, now American Indians, we're less than 1% of the population. So we go from 150 million to, God, if we're even 10 million, it's, it's amazing. Our Nelson Mandela lives in Tampa in Coleman Federal Prison. And uh, when I have watched what what occurs here in south florida the the racism it's 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 so pervasive you know it's you go to these code compliance meetings down in sarasota and it's constantly the 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 less advantaged the the different minorities that inhabit our community that are harassed and oh mister you don't have your grass high enough 
Meanwhile, somebody who owns a shopping mall or something can throw garbage around and pollute everything. And, you know, somehow we have to see each other as, as allies to get these rights. I don't, I don't really know the next steps, but I know what's missing. <laughs> Thank you for your show, Walter. You're, you're a great person, and you have some very uh, passionate and educated people on it. They'll do great much. wonders for our community. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you for calling. I'll speak uh, uh, Lakota for a second. Aho Matakawasi to all my relations, and we are related brothers and sisters. Thank you. All right. Thank all you. Right. All right. There is an event that reminded me, the last caller reminded me, there is an event um, coming up. It's Stand with the Columbus Statue 2. So if you don't know, in Tampa, um, the Florida Indigenous Alliance here has uh, protests every Thanksgiving and um, Indigenous Peoples are Indigenous People Day to try to take down the Columbus statue that's here in Tampa. And um, the Where is it on Bayshore? Yeah, it's so hard to get to. Uh, <laughs> but that's not the point. But on um, what was Columbus Day, I believe, or what formerly or whatever. Um, they had a protest to take down the statue. And then while they were there on um, Thanksgiving, the what happened? Um, they, two of them were handed charges to be like arrested. And I believe it was vandalizing property. But anyways, there's now a protest to make sure that those charges, which are fraudulent, stupid, not real, dropped. Um, and that's going to happen on January 30th at 8.30 a.m. at the courthouse on Jefferson Street. So, j- just wanted to bump that. Um, but, yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, I, no, well, hey. No, no, no. I'm trying. I, I said I was going to be more positive. So, I'm <laughs> working on that. Working on that. Listen, folks. Um, we want to thank you for joining us uh, this morning. Uh, we're going to take a break in a little bit and go to NPR news in just a little bit. But I, I, I just want to make certain that, that we that we had this conversation to talk about the state of where we are, right? Um, when we come back, I'm going to talk about something, uh, some more stuff, you know, uh, do a, a little analysis, a little more analysis of Dr. King uh, and, and his philosophies and where we are right now. But I also want to talk about this thing called um, when Billy, we talked about this, uh, and that's pan Afro environmentalism. Yeah, pan Afro environmentalism, and I think Dr. King would, would appreciate it <laughs> if we talked about it. Yeah. Uh, but I want to, um, I do want to have that conversation because I think that it's critical that we that we discuss it, given the issues that we're facing right now. Involving our public health, involving our self-sufficiency, involving our ability to build resilience within our communities. Very, very, very important, folks. So um, we will be back in a little bit. And uh, this is Walter Smith II, the voice of the Tampa Bay area, along with the members of the Fourth Estate crew on the Sunday Forum. And we'll be right back. 